0: Assalamu alaikum. I'm Khalil Alika.
1: And I'm Zahir Parker. And welcome to AccidentalMuslims.com.
0: So, AccidentalMuslims.com is a, a movement, a platform where we showcase present and future leaders to help us live with purpose.
1: And we believe that everybody has a story to tell. This podcast hopes to add value. So, welcome. And enjoy assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to another episode of AccidentalMuslims.com. Again, very excited to have brothers Hashim and Yusuf. I don't know if you guys are brothers, but Hashim and
2: Yusuf the Costa from the Vision
1: Medical Suite. Welcome, and thank you for accepting our invitation, gentlemen.
2: Yeah, Wa alaikum Shukran for, the, for inviting us. Yes, we are brothers. MashaAllah. Alhamdulillah. I'm not sure who's the younger one. I'll find it by <laughs> the conversation,
1: and who's the more experienced one, but... That's not quite relevant at this stage. Let's carry on. So, Vision Medical Suites. I must be honest with you guys. I never heard of you guys up until last week, probably. Um, I googled and I read a couple of things on your website. And I must say, uh, informative and quite impressed with the work that you guys are doing. So, let's start off with this. Maybe, Hashim, you can take this question. uh, Who is Vision Medical Suites? What is Vision Medical
2: Suites? Okay, shukran for that. Uh, Let me be upfront. Vision Medical Suite renders free medical, dental, and psychology health services to care institutions, orphanages, child and youth care centres, safe homes, shelters for abused women with children, homes for the destitute, special care centres, and old age homes. However, 20 and 24 years ago, medical and dental health services were rendered to a handful of care institutions in Cape Town. And since 2013, we formalized the healthcare where my brother rendered dental care from his practice to about four organizations 24 years ago. And the person who hit up our medical division, she rendered medical healthcare for 20 years to another organization. However, in 2013, we registered Vision Medical Suite and uh, with CIPC formerly known as the Department of Trade and Industry. We're also registered as the NPO with Department Social Development. Um, So we have a registered NPC number and NPO number. So we're a registered organization since 2013. um, These key institutions, they are our beneficiaries. So we have just over 50 institutions that we're in the health services to. It amounts to just over 3,600 patients. So we work Mondays to Sundays um, at the moment and then once a month we have a sedation health day and that is where our focus is children and adults mentally challenged, intellectually challenged and also physically challenged and we have that once a month. And normally we try and have that on the last Sunday of the month or the first Sunday of the month. So that is sort of, in a nutshell, what Vision Medical Suite is all about. So we render free healthcare to key institutions and to the disabled community. Okay. Brennan, that that's actually quite nice, uh, or oh, interesting, but
1: a question I like to ask people, especially when it comes to organizations, is the name Vision Medical Suite. Yes. I, I like to think about deeper, why you named it Vision and all those sort of things. Maybe you guys can tell kind us of why you yes. named it Vision Medical Suite. So let's, okay, let's hear this. As- year. As- As-
0: yeah, I think that that's quite interesting because um, one of our first organisations that we um, assisted was Vision Child and Youth Care Centre. And um, the, they were one of four organisations that started this whole process. And um, uh, we used to treat them and allocate a Wednesday morning for this type of service. But as time went and the service grew, a Wednesday morning became inadequate. And we then felt that, uh, because it was it used to be attached to a practice, and um, we felt that it needed to not be attached to any practice. At the same time, Vision Child and Youth Care Centre had an expa- expansion program, a building expansion program. And in my discussion with them, they then offered us space at their centre. And um, so at that time, the clinic didn't have a name. You know, mm-hmm. what's in a name in any case? And... Uh, and maybe one of the reasons why you haven't heard of Vision Medical Suite is simply because we don't actually think the general public. The focus of the clinic are for those that find themselves institutionalized. So we service benef- um, uh, we service a group the, uh, of, of children that are institutionalized. So it's not the general public. The exception that we make for the general public are those that find themselves disabled. And so... That's one reason uh, why you might, or your um, listenership might not have heard of us. The second is is Ashim and uh, myself, we, we believe that rather do more and say less. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we find ourselves in a time where so much is said but very little, little gets done. Yeah. So, um, and, and that's how we ended up. And then um, when we wanted to register the clinic, we needed a name. And we then decided to let the children of Vision Child and Youth Care Centre decide on a name and we ran a competition with them. Well, it was probably simple for them. (laughs) They said, well, your your clinic is at our (laughs) centre. Let's call it Vision. Though Vision Child and Youth Care Centre is a beneficiary of the organisation, it's two completely separate entities. That's brilliant.
1: Uh, uh, I like the names, I must be honest with you, I said that already, but Mm. I think what's nice is just to hear the the kids actually participated, your benefactors actually participated, (laughs) so that brings this whole essence of community to it, Mm. and I'm just listening to your brother and yourself just mentioning now in the introduction, um, seems like it's a a very viable and necessary community initiative you guys pulled up, Um, what was the actual, can you actually pinpoint the day when you guys had got, uh, Yusuf,
2: when did this actually come to fruition? Actually, like I said, it happened 20 and 24, 24 years yeah. ago, yeah. and it was just a handful, but in Cape Town there are many organisations yeah. like the handful that you we were servicing, yeah. and then in, in, in 2012 the discussion sort of started, end of 2012, and in 2013, about February, March, when we started and rolled out the organisations, and when we started introducing the service to other child and youth care centres right. in and around Cape Town. and. Initially, we ended up doing that in terms of going to the directors of Child and Youth Care Centres. But afterward, the directors of Child and Youth Care Centres, <coughs> the they approached other Child and Youth Care Centres and told them about us. They almost became ambassadors for us. Well, that's good that's mm. good, good, good begets good, so to speak. Yes. No, no, fantastic. So tell me,
1: um, you know, most organisations... You have board, you have support staff and all those mm-hmm. sort of things. So maybe before we get to that aspect, let's maybe just find out who is Hashim and who is Yusuf, uh, what do you guys do generally or professionally or yes. um, socially? Yeah. Tell us a bit about
2: yours. <laughs> then, you know, you can endear yourself to the to the public, to the audience here. Yeah, you know? yeah. uh, let, let's hear about that. With myself, um, I've got a big smile on my face. <laughs> I've been about just over 30 years in the public sector, provincial government and local government. And during the latter part of last year, I went on retirement. Oh. That's why the big smile That's on my face. So I'm unemployed at the moment. Okay, okay, okay. Retirement um, no You look a day after 52. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so I'm in retirement at the moment. I studied many years ago. I studied um, internal audit and qualified in internal audit. Um, so I worked with local government uh, for the past twenty-one years, and ten years with provincial government. Yeah. So, so you say are not a doctor? Um, no, no. Okay, no, okay. No, no. <laughs> we we I'm um, I'm one of six children, and three of us went into almost like the accounting field, and three into the medical field. Okay, right. Yeah. So uh, so that's sort of myself in terms okay. of. Uh, I've been fortunate upon the retirement. And Yusuf, are you still... So, so I'm, Ashim's,
0: the, you I'm Ashim's youngest brother, can you <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, so I... I but you're not retired, no? No, unfortunately, I don't have that luxury. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. okay tell yeah. us about yourself, who is uh, Yusuf Tarkastan? The well, I'm I'm married for 21 years now, four children. And one of my mentors is my eldest brother. That's just why he is the chairman of the board. And, um, so... Um, one of the things that I don't uh, um, like doing is, um, especially projects like these, um, is uh, to make sure that my brother is, is with and because he keeps the whole process sane. So so he doesn't have a medical background but an organization like this needs strong administrative story okay, and uh, with his background. Um, um, you know it just kicks like, so the combination is fantastic, it. Then, I think, yeah. like you said,
1: every organization needs that administrative or organizational yes. skills yes. so and you obviously you dentist very cooperative. Yes. so That's those right. two skills marry with each other, so, yeah. so a wonderful team. so tell us about yeah. the other teammates I'm sure I, was, I saw on your
2: website there's a few other people on the board yeah. yes, uh, we got dr Nazaren ali uh, she's a medical doctor in uh Bell, Bell, Moore Avenue, um, she had up our medical um, division and then we got Habib Khaji, he had up our psychology division. Those divisions are very important, particularly the psychology division as well, um, because we treat children in childhood youth care centres, in safe homes, etc. So you know with kids from, from those backgrounds, they are in those institutions because they are there point, placed there by the court because um, they have become dysfunctional for various reasons and so our psychology division is very important and also a very positive division so habib kaji heads up our psychology and as i did earlier, the medical division okay and and in terms of i mean i'm assuming
1: and what i've read is your your Let's say ancillary staff is made up of volunteers, uh, exactly. medical practitioners, only yeah. uh, medical practitioners, or different uh, yeah. volunteers, general areas. volunteers as well.
0: I must say that the clinic um, we, we started out with with four practitioners a number of years ago. The clinic now has got over 150 volunteers from medical background, dental background. Um, uh, we have a legal team that looks after our our administration. Um, as you know, an organization of this kind requires all sorts of um, volunteers. Yes. Um, the great thing is that um, in our medical fraternity, we've had um, a real um, an overwhelming response of uh, general practitioners and specialists volunteering their time. The model of the clinic is really a marriage between what the state offers and what the private sector offers. Uh, and and you would know that that our public sector um, is uh, has to as inundated with large numbers on a daily basis. The public sector, the advantage of the public sector is, is that it's easily accessible. Unfortunately, people do wait on long waiting lists uh, for uh, access to care. The cost is is minimal, um, but. Most people need to um, clear the whole day and the entire schedule to be able to access care. Um, In the private sector, access is also decent, but cost is very high. It comes with certain benefits of being able to to access care quickly, um, and usually you can have access to a recall facility. And so what we try and to do at Vision Medical Suite, because in, in, with a group of, um, our focus group, there aren't many volunteers that assist our organization. So by law, they have to send a caregiver with the children to any facility that they send the children to. Usually, that caregiver would now be unavailable for the organization, for their organization, for the rest of the day when the children go to the clinic or to the hospital. So at Vision Medical Suite, we try and marry the advantages of these two sectors in particular, and we try and um, minimize the, the, the let's say, the negative aspects of it. So one of the main things is that we, uh, we, we try and we, there's no cost to any of our organizations. Though we have a cost, it is not... Uh, the responsibility of the organizations okay the other thing that we do is our organizations get an appointment like you would get an appointment when you go to your private practice or your private practitioner um, uh, so um, the they get a certain time slot so the organization has the ability to schedule um, duties for the staff member that's attending the clinic for the rest of the day because they we have a morning session and we have an afternoon session. So if the organization is booked for any particular session, they know that their staff member and children, the residents would be back at a certain time. Um, children are placed on a recall um, basis. Both our abled and disabled children go on a recall facility. And what we find is uh, when the children or new children come to the facility, or if it's an organization that starts out with us, usually the amount of care required is a lot. But when they come back for the regular recalls, we find that, um, and buying from the organization also, we find that uh, usually we don't, uh, they tend to run much lighter in a sense.
1: Is recall simply a patient coming back to you, or what does that mean?
0: Yeah, so what we mean is if, if you access our, our state facilities, the majority of them would attend to your main complaint and the focus of the clinic especially from the dental side of things is is that it's not a an extraction clinic it is a restorative and a preventative clinic the idea is that our organization should never find themselves with a child that's as a, a in pain and sepsis The whole idea is to prevent that from happening. So, uh, yes, when they come through the first time or initially, then I remember that the bulk of our organizations are child and youth care centers. What we used to call back in the days orphanages. Now, as you know, strictly there's no orphanages anymore because the children are placed by the court system. But the path that they've taken to get to where they are is a very challenging path and usually Medical care and dental care in particular would have been a very low priority for them. So when they come through to the clinic, usually there's quite a bit that needs to be done. So our focus, of course, is to make sure that the child doesn't experience any pain or swelling or abscess or sepsis. And um, But the recall is to make sure that, that any other treatment gets attended to as well. And that's the key of yeah. it. Um, of, our, of our model of the clinic of yeah. treatment. That's
1: on the operational sort of thing. Uh, yeah. You mentioned the other thing as well, and you things about cost. I mean, your volunteers, your guys' time is free of charge to the yeah. benefactors. So, how do you guys go about for fundraising or, or getting funds to operate your things, equipment wise and uh, bandages, whatever else you guys need? Uh, uh, maybe take us through that. What's your Motors in that regard.
0: Okay, so that that, that uh, is where the a lot of donors. I hope <laughs> that is where the backbone of the clinic, which which uh, you know, I, I administrators <laughs> stuff. After my, my my job at the clinic is more um, operational and uh, that okay. service delivery. So community. we need to put the camera on. Uh, so luscious. it means that that is okay. There yeah. we go. He's taking the last break
1: carry on
2: now. It it's always a difficult one that because um, all those who are in the. So there's two Vision Medical Suite except a small handful of people who do our administration um, and do the booking and they get paid, that paid uh, um, a salary. All those people volunteer their time and their skills. So we're fortunate in terms of the bulk of the people involved with Vision Medical Suite um, support us in terms of the time and the and and skills. We've had um, over the, the past handful of years, we've had sort of I would say one big fundraiser and whatever else we need we sort of try and assist the organisation. We are still sort of a young organisation, about five years old and I must tell you that in and around Cape Town our businesses are extremely taxed with people knocking on their front door um, for assistance are not able to assist maybe the way they would like to assist because of the amount of requests they get on a daily basis. So it's a case of just applying your mind and trying to have a fundraiser during the year and then smaller fundraising if it's... Yeah. yeah. So that is basically what's happening at the moment. I
0: um, I think maybe if I can just come in there, one of the key things is that Vision Medical Suite doesn't have any corporate fundraiser, a corporate sponsor. Much of the funding comes from uh, the individuals at the clinic. Okay. Allow me to add that um, the Cape Town community is a very generous one. Mm. I must tell you that. One of the areas that we do find that uh, perhaps needs a little bit of work, because our, our communities um, would generously donate to madaris and hif schools um, and mosques. But we do find that when it comes to healthcare, care, there is a bit of a, um, uh, maybe a, um, not the same type of fervor. Mm. One of the things that we are trying mm. to do is to um, try and establish a center of excellence for the disabled in particular. Now you would know that it's very difficult for, um, if it's difficult for an able-bodied person to access health care in Cape Town, which is very well resourced with clinics and hospitals. Forget the rest of the country, just Cape down. If it's difficult for an able-bodied person to access healthcare, what about a disabled person? And um, you also know that that for an able-bodied person, second to the influenza virus, dental-related problems is the second most common reason why people stay out of work. It affects mm-hmm. our economy. It's the second most common reason why people stay out of work dental related issues. Now think of a disabled child that is that, that's unable to, to care like we can care for this particular area of the body and how it affects them. Most many of them are unable to express that they have a problem. We have so many parents calling after oxidation clinic and saying you know my child sleeps better now. They didn't they just assume that that's how the restless the child is, and um, mm-hmm. and and it's it it is a simple treatment that can be done to take these children that that we believe the disabled mentally disabled children we believe as Muslim that the pen has been lifted on them from them. Yet we marginalize them. They should be treated the best I in our community, exactly. and I do think that a community is judged by how they treat the elderly and how they treat the destitute, of which the disabled is one of them. So, alhamdulillah, we do find that this is a great opportunity for us and we are very thankful to the Almighty for this opportunity. We do work on a shoestring budget, but alhamdulillah, we, we, we manage from month to month, and, but of course we need assistance.
1: So the, 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 the essence what I'm taking from, from what you're saying, elderly, disabled care should be prioritized. That's the one thing. And that's what you guys are aiming to achieve with Vision Medical right. Suites. And another thing I, I'm, I'm thinking of is just about, I mean, you touched on this when we started that a lot of, a lot of people know about Vision. Yeah. Well, I didn't know about vision, I don't know, I, mean, I may not speak for everybody else, but it's about educating people about what you do, mm-hmm. uh, educating people and sp- basically marketing what you guys are doing yes. um, and the need, the necessity for it. I mean, if you're telling me uh, your, your patient uh, who happens to be disabled or mentally uh, challenged wasn't able to communicate, that they had toothache or mm-hmm. dental problems, you guys treated him and the parents were thankful that it was actually a, a communication thing in the end. Uh, about understanding the vulnerabilities of those communities so i mean if i had a hat on i'd be taking it off to you guys now but uh well done i think we should do a hashtag heroes vms type of hashtag Makia will get onto that there but alhamdulillah well done guys that that that, that is uh, phenomenal and i think what we try to do here of course at, uh, uh, on our platform is and you mentioned this word earlier and i'm gonna uh, latch onto it now only because what i want to do is drill this point home you said your elder brother was your mentor Okay, so I'm going to direct this question to you, Yusuf. How important is mentorship to you? And, and what value do you think it brings? Yeah, I think we, we, we
0: all need mentors. Um, I think there are too few role models. And I, and I think sometimes also those that are role models in, in, in our society, sometimes they are role models for the wrong reason. We grew up in Pointeville. And uh, I'm the youngest of six children. My older siblings... And uh one of the main reasons why they didn't study further was um they we got the, the younger ones in the house got the opportunity to do further studies <coughs> simply because the older siblings um sacrificed so that the younger ones could go and study further. It was by no means as a result of the intellect but more of the role in the home that they played. and so and so that is the, the reason why my brother and all the siblings they are, and others, they are mentors to me because I firmly believe that I would never have been able to study further if it wasn't for their sacrifice. And my parents of course. So I do believe that one has to remind yourself of those if you're fortunate. Mm. And so I consider myself fortunate um, having having the siblings like my eldest
1: brother. I think it's fantastic if we can have our role models, our heroes, the people we look up to within our own homes, yeah. within our own communities. I think it actually strengthens the community. I echo, I echo that sentiment 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if my brother's listening, he knows that he's one of my heroes <laughs> as well. Uh, I think it's just something uh, which may be lost, perhaps I don't know how the, the current generation does it, but I think it's important to remind ourselves about... Um, uh, the sacrifices of, of the people that went before us and actually appreciating it. Uh, so maybe Hashim, I'm going to ask you this question. I'm not going to ask you about the mentor or the mm, part yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. Mashallah. If I uh, you, I, mean, I was about to cry, you know. But um, maybe the, tell us, oh, what are you most grateful for as an individual perhaps and uh, as out of, um, out of what vision has, has achieved? Mm.
2: Uh, maybe tell us about May, uh, that perspective. Yeah, I would like to start with my parents in terms of being grateful. We were both, uh, we were fortunate in terms of we had parents until the day we got married. Our parents were hardworking people. We weren't rich, but hardworking. And the flag of Islam flew very high in our home. And what today I'm very grateful for is that the hard work of our parents, that we as siblings, the six of us, we have a very good, healthy relationship. And um, and I'm very grateful for that because our parents worked very very hard. they worked themselves to the bone and raised us as best they could. So I'm very grateful today to say that we are siblings um, that we have a very good relationship because like I said our parents worked very hard and in particular my mom worked very very hard. Add to that added to that what I'm very happy about and I'm using my the word of my brother now, We have front row seats in terms of seeing our nieces and nephews grow up. Also very close because the brothers and sisters are close. And it makes me happy to see them progress now. Most of them have now left school in terms of matriculated and varsity. And it's good to see them progress now in life. I think that's a lesson for
1: us all. Something to reflect upon, definitely. Um, Again, I can only echo, I think, if, if our heroes rise from our houses... I think they'll be doing something right mm. as a community, and I think it's a it's an ideal we should all strive for. So thank you for reminding us for, for that mm. as well. And, and no doubt that mm. the listeners and the audience will take, appreciate that and and take a mm. lesson from that. I think. Um, so I think you know we generally talk about gratefulness and and, and and all that. The next question that or that arises in my head is generally success or how do we define success. Um maybe Yusuf how do you how do you define success and, and maybe share if you can recall it, share a particular success story from from your people's organization vision I know you were talking about some of the Eastern Cape yeah. and that maybe we can touch on that through through this question as well
0: I think I think su- success is a difficult one because um, it's it's very difficult to measure for us mm-hmm. our eyes is not um, you, you mentioned earlier on that that you know the work that we do Alhamdulillah one of the things that, that is very important to us. It doesn't matter how much or little that we do or anyone else by the way. I think if each one in our community does something out there collectively it will add up and it'll it it, it will add one part to the puzzle. So don't for one second think that we, that, that we believe that we're doing any great work. Our, 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 our hope and prayer is that Allah accepts our effort. Because there are people that might be doing as we perceive much, but Allah hasn't accepted anything. And then there are people as what we might perceive that they do very little and Allah accepts everything. So, our success for us would be, inshallah ta'ala, if Allah accepts our effort and we try and remind each other always to try and, and keep it for his sake. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is the most important thing. It's not how much or how little we do. It's just that we do something and if Allah accepts it, that will be the greatest success. I think what
1: I appreciate from what you guys are saying, what you guys are sharing as well is that uh, and it's something myself and uh, my colleagues uh, on this platform agree with is we all have a particular skill and we all have a particular talent. And we all know talent comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's what you do with that talent that comes. And I think yourselves, uh, Mm -hmm. your, your, your volunteer base, They're all volunteering their talents, their skills. And I think that's important. Like you mentioned, it's uh, it's the sum of everything adding up to the collective effort. I think uh, we recently, or last at least, we had a a conference and we titled it Unity. And the reason we titled it Unity, or one of the reasons we titled it the Unity Conference, is because we believe if there's unity, it's easier to achieve a purpose. So I think uh, the way you guys are going about explaining gratefulness and, and success I think this is something which we have to reflect upon. The family unit is something which is essential to any community, not only the Muslim community. We know that Islam and Muslim community has thrived when the family unit has been looked after and I think success or perceived success has come from that. As well. yeah. mm-hmm. In the end, all the other those yeah. are truly yeah. successful. So I think it's 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 really something which excites me to hear the sort of rhetoric. To hear you talking about your nieces and nephews and all those sort of things, because this platform is for the youth as well. Yeah. Uh, you guys are youthful, mashallah. Uh, but you know what I mean. And and, to, and and if the youth can actually hear what you're saying and, and understand it from a perspective, uh, I think you guys are indirectly being mentors to whoever's watching this. So, uh, I, I think uh, whoever chose you guys, mashallah, I'm, I'm glad you guys are on the show. I'm excited <laughs> for this here now. Um, and I think I'm sort of, we went, went a bit deep now, in a lot of these questions, and it was, and, and we like to go deep in, in those things. We like to get quality answers so that our, our audience can be inspired. But we've introduced a new section to our show as well. <laughs> okay. And uh, this is the complete the sixth sentence section. And, and I'm not sure if you, that you did it last week, but. It's seven questions I'm going to say a word And you guys can decide How to complete that sentence Are we ready for that guys? Khalil, are you ready? <laughs> okay So you guys can decide Between no, the pleasure. two I'm going to mention the first word Well two words And then you guys are going to complete it Okay Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Allah is
0: Assalamualaikum Allah right.
2: Love is Serving humanity Allah The world needs I would say love Peace Happiness. Okay, you chose my second one. All right. Being a Muslim means what to you? It's serving all of creation.
1: Mm. Yeah. And last one, you need something close to our platform. Leadership is?
2: Yeah, I think it's just about striving in terms of working together, you know, partnering with um, um, stakeholders because that is what leadership is. Um With ourselves as the leaders of this organization, we become become the doormat of the organization. So it's about partnering with other stakeholders.
1: Powering and enabling, I think that's a beautiful way of looking at it. It's not just the doormat. A doormat actually serves a purpose as well. Just Mm -hmm. remember that. Alhamdulillah. Okay. So one question. My my, my colleague is not here today. Aisha is not here and she loves asking this question. I saw one of that... um, Uh, let's call it a humorous question so do you guys like pizza with pineapple or without pineapple
0: (laughs) (laughs) with pineapple with pineapple (laughs) okay (laughs) so sweet 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 Aisha
1: there we go Aisha okay Alhamdulillah alright so uh, uh, just another question we like to ask because you mentioned it earlier you mentioned about the flag of Islam waving in your house and your parents were vital in that Um, what's your favorite Quranic Ayah story hadith anything you guys reflect upon
2: myself what you need
0: with (laughs) yeah and and one, uh, maybe a last comment, is that Vision Medical Suite is not just about medical matters. Vision yeah. Medical Suite is admission of Dharma. Our organization and practitioners that we canvass and our organizations and beneficiaries that we service come from all walks of life with a common purpose to benefit humanity. And our prayer always is, whoever comes to assist us with their time and whomever we treat, that Allah grant mm-hmm. me die, inshallah. Mm-hmm. And that is the most important mission of Vision Medical Suite. We use medicine and dentistry and psychology and the rest as a platform. Oh
1: wow. But, uh, talk about missions, uh, I, I think that's vitally important what you just mentioned. Now, before mm-hmm. I go into missions, sorry, um, it's about, you, again, earlier I mentioned about talent and skill. Uh, using every opportunity as a platform for dawah. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, using your skills in such a sincere way to benefit all of mankind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the ultimate dawah. Since with sincerity mm-hmm. and love, and I think that's, that speaks mountains, if I can put it that way. But talk about missions, you talk talking about missions. I know one of the missions that vision has on its doorstep, so to speak, is the Eastern Cape uh, uh, excursion
2: or mm-hmm. uh, event. Just, Maybe explain, explain that, Rashim. Yeah. Yes, uh, about two years ago, we had a doctor from Madhualenia Hospital in the deep rural part of the Eastern Cape, formerly known as Transkei. Uh, she heard about Vision Medical Suite, and at one of our sedation days, she came down, drove down. 18 hours of driving to come and see us. And her request, the bottom line, request was if we could bring come over to the Eastern Cape and render the service there, um, in this deep rural part of the Eastern Cape. We then engaged with them and the Department of Health in the Eastern Cape for a few months, and then last year, April we went down and we rendered um, sedation health services. Um, and early health care to uh, the intellectually challenged, physically challenged and also children in the Eastern Cape. And, um, and we have a recall system of 24 months, um, so our near was to go down in 2020, however in December they came down to Cape Town again to ask us to, if we would come down again and we immediately made a commitment to go down again the end of April, beginning of May. So we are last year we went down by bus, fifty of us, um, close to fifty of us, about forty-seven. Um, this year we about almost the same number of people going down, um, but we flying down, and then there's a handful of staff who is going to drive down because we have to take down because we're setting up a clinic there, so we have to take down everything from consumables to medication to materials equipment, etc. So the, all that stuff is being driven down to the Eastern Cape and the people rendering the service, they will be flying down on the 27th of April and we're flying back on the 1st of May. Um, so we'll be there for a few days in the Eastern Cape to render the service. Any you want to add on to that?
0: Yeah. yeah so back so just a quick exercise because I know that many of your listenership are a very really good with the internet, you if, if you google the 10 poorest uh, municipalities in South Africa, it will come up with the last census that was taken. I think it was 2016. It will first have the 10 richest municipalities in South Africa and then the 10 poorest ones in the Eastern Cape. It's got the top five, well, the Western Cape and and uh, James is in the uh, the 10 richest. Um, municipalities of south Africa but the eastern Cape has got five in the um, in the top 10 of which the amatori district and is second is the second poorest district in south Africa and the otombo is also in the top five the two municip- the, the, the area from which the the patients that we receive that will come to the clinic comes from these two districts they have an average household income from between one 1,000 and and thousand six hundred ten. But you have to understand, relative to the area, uh, which is the former TransKai, transportation costs. One way from their home to the clinic or to the hospital for a disabled child, one person. That's not the caregiver or the parent that comes with it. It's 500 and one, one way in a household income like that. So the organization that we partner with, the Bulangula Incubator, they cover the cost of bringing the patients or the disabled children with their caregiver or parent to the clinic. And um and uh so inshallah we, we request to ask from your listeners and um and if there are any individuals out there that um in any way can assist um us at the clinic both um, you, you don't have to be a medical doctor or dentist to assist us at Vision Medical Suite. Um, it will be great if they can contact us. Is there
1: any prerequisites for to go on this trip with you guys, or costs that you guys need to
0: cover, or anything like that? Yeah. So, so we mm. do have real costs. We have we have costs of traveling costs. We have accommodation costs, and um, and uh, the group that leaves from here, many of our practitioners foot the bill themselves. The individual cost for our practitioners is seven thousand two hundred and to um, go on the trip. Uh, we we are also making an appeal to those that um, that have a speciality in anesthetics that's an area that we really need help in. Um, many of our other areas uh, are generally okay but um, but if there are any individuals with any special skill it'll be great if they can contact us. What's the number
1: of people that you guys are working with in, in the Easter game?
0: Yeah, so, so I touch our know, disabled community that mm-hmm. we'll be treating it's, uh, is 200 individuals and then we also have, we did find the last time that um, they're um, when people have a clinic, it is, it, this is just the, the, the logistically in reality what happens, others also come. Mm-hmm. So we're also taking a small group of additional practitioners that will, that, so these people don't get turned away. Okay. So at this moment, our list for our non-disabled list is also stands at around about 200 patients. Um, so that's at this stage. Um, we'll see where we get there. Allah, Your the, uh, the time Allah and your Allah efforts. I you guys are doing
1: fantastic work. Uh, it would be lovely to join us. Like, hey, are you doing on this trip? You need to document it. We'll see what's happening. I think catching the stories would be fantastic. Just yeah. to hear you guys journey on yeah. that. Perhaps that's another thing we can chat about in another stage. But, gentlemen, I want to respect your time. We're almost done with the co- uh, conversation. Just the last question. Today is your last day. You are going to die. Besides your Kalima. What would your last words of advice be to your loved ones?
2: To my children in particular, is to serve humanity. I've been involved with many organisations over the past many, many years. And so to my children, for me is to carry on with this work in China.
0: So my viewpoint is that we live every day as if it's our last day. Mm. And we live every day as, we, as if we're never going to die. So... If it's going to be my last day, known or unknown, you do the best that you can mm. and contribute as much as you can and that's all and, wow. and, and, mm. and make Allah accept, inshallah. Uh, and and accept, and I think
1: it was uh, the late Muhammad Ali who had the quote: uh, was it service to others, service to humanity is the rent we pay for this life? So it echoes, I think, both of your sentiments here. So it's been an insightful conversation. It's really opened up my eyes. I can see clearly now, mashallah, the vision I can yeah. see behind this organization. But gentlemen, Hashim, Yusuf, thank you for your time. Thank you for accepting our invitations. Thank you for being on our platform. Yeah. Uh, we will do our best to share your vision, alhamdulillah, and uh, keep up the good work. I think the only thing that I can think of, if you guys are listening... Close to your phone I know my Close to phone there <laughs> Hashtag Heroes VMS I think definitely You guys are doing Wonderful work um, Needed work And uh, I think Allah put parak and all mm. you doing Amen. We make dua That Allah blesses Your your trip to the Eastern Cape Keep you guys safe mm. Keep your family safe Keep your, your benefactors Happy and, and Healthy Alhamdulillah So shukran for doing the
2: work mm. Shukran the work. to you guys For having us
1: So that's it for today's show We hope you added value We hope you enjoyed it but most of all, we hope our guests inspired you to live with purpose. Don't forget to send us your suggestions via info at accidentalmuslims.com. If you know anybody out there that is inspiring, that's leading, that's living with purpose, please uh, do contact us.
0: And remember, feedback is our oxygen. So follow us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I hope you enjoyed. God bless. Assalamu alaikum.